0: Welcome once again to J Reid Radio. My name is Eliezer Gruber, a certified nutritionist with offices in Brooklyn, Borough Park, and Yushalayim. I am the developer for our first time listeners of the Nutri Supreme Research and Education Center located in the heart of Borough Park at 4315 14th Avenue. Also, I'm the developer of the Nutri Supreme Research line of vitamins. I developed the Nutri Supreme Research line of vitamins in order. To be able to design, to have total control on being able to design optimal products, science-based products, formulations that are based on science, not just putting a product on the market. In fact, these formulations... Have received the attention of the medical field, not just nutritionists who recommend Nutra Supreme Research products, but also the medical field are recommending Nutra Supreme Research products. Again, based, formulated based on science, quality. I will not compromise any form or fashion in quality. A formulation that is the birth of a formulation of a product will not be based on price. I cannot compromise the quality of a product. Due to price I, or profit, profit and price do not go into the creation of a product. And I will not compromise in any form and fashion on the quality whatsoever, very, very meticulous, where these ingredients are coming from. It's a pleasure when I see a QC, quality, head of quality control at one of the contract manufacturers, to have a NutriSupreme product on their on their desk, as well as a professor of neurology, cardiology, ophthalmology and an orthopedist. This is a field, the medical field, some of the doctors that I communicate with. But however, even though I'm the developer of the Nutri Supreme Research vitamin company, at the forefront, it's a supplement. It's only a supplement. It is not in any form of fashion. We're not going to, to go and to buy a bottle of vitamins without first addressing what I call the four, actually five pillars that we need to get into our mindset, the five pillars that are such so crucial for optimal health and wellness, physically and emotionally. Number one, optimal nutrition. Optimal nutrition is at the forefront. We have to know what we're eating and we need to eat the right foods. It's become very difficult today because of the food industry has put into, our, into this industry so many different kinds of foods that are totally, is not good for in any form or fashion for our health. A structured exercise program is crucial. People today are not moving, they're not exercising enough even if they are exercising. Once a week, twice a week is not enough. Proper sleep, we know, we spoke about sleep deprivation in this country is massive. We need a sleep. We need the right quantity of sleep, and we need a quality of sleep. Being able not to go to sleep or keeping waking up in the middle of the night, we have to address why is this happening. Stress management. Today we live in a stressed-out America. America is a stressed-out country. We need to address and how we can help ourselves, how we can help to be able to deal with the stresses that we cannot avoid also a fifth pillar that's that's basically the four pillars the fifth pillar is reducing the exposure to environmental toxins with Dr. Landrigan, Phil Landrigan at Mount Sinai School of Medicine calls endocrine disruptors. They have an effect on our in- hormonal system, our nervous system. We need to reduce the exposure, whether it's coming, we're exposed in, from many, many places, the water, the air, the food, household cleansers. We have also, we have the cosmetics today. There are some of the cosmetics are loaded with chemicals. The plastics that all the containers today, we have to be aware of what we are buying because a lot of the things that we are buying have not been tested by the FDA the way there should be. And these Neurotoxins or toxins can have an effect on the neural on the neuro, neuro system. There, it can affect. It can call with we call neurotoxins, and it can have an effect again on brain chemistry on our nervous system. We have to be very well aware and educated in this area. These these five pillars, before we think about buying vitamins, these four pillars, five pillars rather, again is at the forefront if we want to be able to have a. optimal physical and emotional well-being. Again, the five pillars being optimal nutrition, a structured exercise program, proper sleep, quality and quantity, the right amount of sleep, stress management, and again, reduction of these environmental toxins, which are so crucial and vital, again, for having a healthy body and a healthy brain, a nervous system. The brain, the immune system, our brain cells, immune system, the endocrine system, the digestive system, how many people have faulty digestive system? We are not addressing the underlying factors that are causing these problems. All of us, we all desire, we all want so much for ourselves and our children, vitality, energy, vibrant health both physically and emotionally. And if we examine, if we start to examine the first pillar of the five pillars which is optimal to nutrition, then we can understand what is happening in the United States today. The majority of the American population, and I would say more than the majority of the population, most of the American population are off not just off target, their diets, their eating habits, these part of the lifestyle habits are contributing to disease. And we don't need to address it. We have to get out of our mindset, the quick fixes, the prescription pad model that's going to cure or going to prevent from going into a disease, God forbid, a chas disease state. We know very clearly today, among medical doctors, among nutritionists, diabetes is rising at a very, very alarming rate. Diabetes type 2 has changed dramatically. In the last decade, from our grandparents, it was a de- disease from our grandparents, our parents. Now it is a disease of our children. Was, this was never, never in the history of the world. When I see blood tests, and I'm always looking, examining blood tests, people, young people, teenagers, and even children, well, more teenagers than children, low HDL, the good cardioprotectant cholesterol, high LDL, a risk factor for heart disease, high triglycerides, elevated hemoglobin A1C, which is a marker for sugar, it could be pre-diabetes. It could be a full-blown diabetic. High CRP, C-reactive protein, a marker for inflammation. These markers increase risk for cardiovascular disease. These markers increase risk for diabetes. And even as we spoke in the last two weeks with Alzheimer's disease, the same markers for cardiovascular disease, increasing risk, are the same markers can increase risk for Alzheimer's disease, We need to address this very, very be proactive. Again, this we never saw this in the history of the world. In fact, autopsies that were done on soldiers killed in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan, we see uh, we, the medical examiners, examiners saw plaque in the coronary arteries, that's an early sign of heart disease, which can be a silent killer. And both in the Vietnam War, the Korean War, physicians that were performing autopsies on these soldiers, 22, 23-year-old, even 21-year-old soldiers that died in combat combat had advanced, advanced already coronary artery disease. In fact... Fatty streaks in the coronary arteries. Fatty streaks begins in childhood. It's not a disease that has to start later. It can begin in childhood. There is no question about it. There are so many of our younger generation, so many children and teenagers today, that have the beginning of these fatty streaks. The beginning of of even already coronary artery disease because diabetes type two is a major major risk risk factor. So let's address, let's all address the underlying factor. What are our young children eating today? What are they eating? The majority of them, look at what you're serving the children today. Are they're eating for breakfast? a very sugary cereal, more the healthy families are there, that are more attuned to what is for promoting good health and wellness are not eating so much of the sugary cereals, but a majority of the Americans are eating high sugar cereals. Ask yourself, look at the nutritional facts on a box of cereals that you're serving your family. How many grams are in a bowl of cereal? What percentage of the total calorie content is sugar. Is it more than 25%? Is it less than 25% of the total calories? How much fiber is in the cereal? And you want to look for cereals, you want to look with the least amount of sugar and the most fiber, this is what you want to look for your child. And you want a cereal also, the grains, whether it's wheat, what other grain it might be, it should be whole grain. It should not be refined flour. Also, many cereals have many forms of sugar, not just when it says sugar on the label. It can have, sugar can have many different disguises. So we need to see what total calorie content is, what portion of that. Carbohydrates, what portion is fiber, what portion is, or fiber rather, what portion is sugar, and what portion is fat? What type of fat is in the cereal? Most of the cereals will have some type of vegetable oil in the cereal. That's the type of fat. Most cereals do not have the hydrogenated fats, which hydrogenated fats do increase risk for coronary artery disease. That's clear. There was a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine. That was already quite a few years ago. Now we have to remember also, it's not just the sugar content in the cereal. What about the milk that goes into that cereal? Don't think just the sugar content of the cereal. Milk per cup per eight ounce cup has 12 grams of sugar. Yes, a lot of people don't realize, has 12 grams of sugar. It doesn't matter if it's the red milk, the blue milk, the green milk, 12 grams of sugar. The only difference in the milk, red and blue, is the amount of fat. But the sugar is the same. So we need to see how many calories from sugar are are the children eating today for breakfast. And now let's not forget, what about... Orange juice. Are they drinking orange juice? Are they drinking apple juice for breakfast? A 12-ounce cup of orange juice or apple juice has almost 40 grams of sugar. Yes, 40 grams of sugar. Fructose. Fructose is a simple sugar. A f- t- grape juice. A 12-ounce cup or a container of grape juice has around 55 grams of sugar. That is clear among the medical doctors, the researchers, and the nutritionists. The epidemic, this escalating epidemic of diabetes type 2 and overweight and obesity is coming from the foods that we're eating. If you take this child that is eating a sugary cereal with his apple juice or with his orange juice, You're talking about he could be getting, if he has more than one cup of orange juice, he could be getting over 100 grams of sugar. The body does not see sugar from, let's say, apple juice or from orange juice. It is sugar. Fructose is the body sees. When it goes into the body, it does not see the difference. It's basically the same. So again, we have to be very proactive in reducing, looking at the nutritional facts, whether it's your orange juice bottle, whether it's your cereal box, whatever foods the child is eating. Let's look, what what about where's the protein? Where is the protein the children are eating today? Are they eating eggs? The protein from the high sugary cereal or the cereal with not so much sugar is very limited to the amount of protein. The children need, adults need protein also. In order to learn, in order for newer transmitters to be produced in the brain, we need protein. We need amino acids. The breakdown of protein, tryptophan, tryptophan is we need in order to have serotonin in the brain. So every breakfast for a child should have, for learning to be able to go to school and to learn well, needs protein. When what about the vegetables? Okay, a lot of children do not want vegetables for breakfast, but the rainbow, the rainbow vegetables, the rainbow spectrum of vegetables, is so important for health and wellness. The antioxidant content that we've spoken about in the past, where even if it's not for breakfast, when when are the children getting it? Are they getting it for lunch? They're getting it for dinner. Most kids are not getting for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The, the amount of vegetables they're eating is very limited, and a lot of children are not eating any vegetables at all. To top it off, what are we taking for snacks? Snacks, I went into a supermarket, not a supermarket, a small grocery store. I see the type of snacks that children are eating. The snacks are filled with sugar, lots of sugar, They're filled with high fructose corn syrup. They have hydrogenated vegetable oils that should be totally outlawed. The cookies, the crackers, all of these so-called snacks that children are asking the parents to buy at their supermarket grocery stores are full of ingredients that are causing major problems to the children's health. The, um, the, The vegetable oils, whether it's a corn oil, whether it's a soybean oil, whether it's a cotton oil, whether it's a canola oil, a safflower oil, more and more omega-6s, every, almost every package good, every package snack that I looked at in this small grocery store had so much, had a large content of vegetable oil. Vegetable oils has been flooded in the food industry. That what does that do? It disrupts, totally disrupts the balance, the omega six omega three ratio. The World Health Organization: we need a one to one ratio. The kids are not eating fish. The only place you really get a quality omega three is fish: your salmon's, your sardines, your mackerel, your anchovies. The the omega three omega three fatty acids are very, very not easy to find, very scarce in the food chain. So if we're not, the children are not getting it. And even if they are eating twice a week fish, the problem is the high ratio. The high omega-6 to 3 ratio is causing major problems with these children. It's causing not just physical problems, not causing more inflammation. And children, as they grow up, it can be causing a lot, we'll see, contributing to some of the increases in mental illness today. So we need to address what we are putting or what we are buying that's going in our children's mouth. As far as mental illness as well as other brain problems, it's escalating. It's escalating in the United States. Among children today, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, Rahmana uh, Letzlan, I hate to say, one in five children have a psychiatric problem that needs intervention. Twenty percent. 20 percent school boys have a diagnosis of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Depression, bipolar. Bipolar in the last decade is increased by 40% according to the CDC. OCD, I'm seeing so many more people, hearing from so many more parents, the problems of children today that have been diagnosed with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder anxiety disorders. Anxiety disorders is escalating in this country. Phobias is escalating in this country. Why? What are we doing? What is happening? Why that there is such an increase in mental illness today? Autism. Autism decades ago was one in thousands. And just not so long ago and several years ago, it was one in 150 children. That's one in 150 children were diagnosed with some form of autism Asperger's, PDD, a developmental disorders. Then, a couple years ago, in 2012, it was one in 88. That's a very it's a very high increase percentage-wise, from one to 150 to one in 88. Today, according to the CDC, in I believe March, in March 20th in 2014, the data is, the statistics is 1 in 50. You're talking about such an increase, 78, a good 78 increase in some form of autism. Now, we could say it's overdiagnosed. We could say there's more awareness that we're seeing it, we're catching it. We're understanding it better. And it's just not, doesn't have anything to do with our so-called lifestyle habits. That's not what the researchers say. That's not what the scientists say. There's no question, there's no doubt that what we were doing with our lifestyle habits, what we were feeding, it really starts preconception into fetal development. And after it, a young child at an early age, it's such a crucial, such a crucial window time for this child for the growth and development and these are the times the windows times when things can be happening changes in the brain so it's not just more awareness it's not more or over diagnosis there's no it's crystal clear among the researchers that diet and again diet the lifestyle habits diet also at the forefront is the exposure to the environmental toxins, again, what we call endocrine disruptors, affecting our hormonal profile, our nervous system. It needs to be addressed so strongly. We have to be so proactive. According, again, according to the World Health Organization, going back to the fats today, we said every, most, all the foods today, all packaged foods today have in it, These type of fats, the the omega six, the corn oil, the sunflower, the safflower, the any of these, the soybean oil, the canola oil, these omega six, and they are not the kids are not eating fish. If we don't supplement with them, if we don't supplement them with omega three, really what we need to do is if they're not eating the fish, supplement them with a supplement of omega three. But that's not the whole thing. That's not the whole story over here. We need to be able to reduce the amount of omega-6 that they are, or the intake of omega-6 through from their diet, because just giving them a couple of soft gels of omega-3 is not going to solve the problem. We need a good ratio. Again, according to the World Health Organization, it should be a one-to-one ratio. Dr. Joseph Hibbelin who is the world-renowned expert in omega-3 fatty acids, world-renowned expert in aggressive behavior, studies done in prisoners, studies studies done in violence, studies done in homicide. This ratio, this abnormal ratio, this high ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 has an effect on these behaviors, these abnormal behaviors, behavioral issues, and even aggressiveness, and again, things like homicide, things like killings and beatings, has an effect. So we need to be so, so proactive. If we would just understand, this is not a place for a one, even a 101 course on a course of biochemistry of the brain, but if we would just understand how the brain works then we would understand more why this is happening to our brains I just want to make a about a two-minute break here we'll be back just in a couple minutes and then we'll then the show will be at at the end of the show we'll invite a few questions be stay tuned just in a couple minutes and we'll be back
1: This is Michal Prusansky, and the song you just heard is from my latest album, Pruse
2: Control.
3: All mm-hmm. right.
0: Welcome back to Radio J Rude Healthy Living. This is Eliezer Gruber. Uh, back to our topic over here. Regarding this ratio, omega six to omega three. Again, our children are not eating the fish. I hear this all the time from the mothers; they don't like fish, and even on Shabbos, maybe they eat filter fish, so they're not eating the fishes that the fish that has a content of omega three. And even if they eat a little bit of salmon fish on Shabbos, again, that is not near enough. It should be a few times a week, two, at least two, three times a week. But the main problem. I want to keep. I don't mean to reiterate the main problem is that the ratio, the ratio of omega-3, a 6 to omega-3 that should be a one-to-one ratio, is somewhere probably with these children 25, even 35, if not more, to one. That's going to contribute to more aggressive behavior, to more mental illness problems. So we need desperately, desperately to address this. Again, the food industry has done a big disservice to us by flooding the industry with almost every... People ask me all the time, what should I send for snacks to school for my children? And I look, I go to the supermarket and look and try and understand what can I recommend. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to find, scarce, to find a healthy snack for children. If they would be taking most of the schools are nut free, that means they can't take their almonds or their or their pistachios or their cashews, so that's out. Most of the children do fruit is an is, is ideal is an ideal option, but most of the kids don't want fruit now, or at least not more than one fruit a day rice cakes. Rice cakes could be an option, but we have to be careful. I mentioned in a previous show several months ago about the arsenic, the inorganic arsenic that's found in rice. So we really need to know where the rice is coming from. According to Dr. Landrigan, California could be okay. Asian country, Asia could be okay, but not certain places. I believe Arkansas, Texas, there are places where they grow, they used to grow cotton. And and even though they're growing their rice and not growing cotton, the, the the soil, though, is still they have this inorganic arsenic. That is what we spoke about before. That is a, that could be a neurotoxin. That could be an endocrine disruptor. So we have to be very very careful. Now let's go a little bit. We exercise. A lot of the audience, a lot of our listeners, or have gone to the country already, or going to the country. Exercise. The second pillar. We have again five pillars first pillar was is what we spoke about is nutrition the second pillar is exercise besides the all the well documented research data on exercise and cardiovascular disease that's very well documented and it's cancer also it reduces the risk significantly from cardiovascular disease and even some in research in cancer in fact probably every all the most every chronic disease a lot of the chronic diseases out there today however we need f- circulation not just for cardiovascular for our brains the brain is very is a very small organ and it takes takes about 25% of the blood that the heart pumps out. So we need a good circulatory system. The circulatory system is crucial, a blood flow that's carrying oxygen and nutrients to the brain is crucial. You will not be able to, you won't be able to focus as well, your moods won't be as great, the, the memory won't be as well, solving problems won't be as well, if you're very living a very sedentary way of life and a lot of these kids they have a lot of energy you know what i mean there is a, a growing they're they're in a growth mode and they need to let out their all some of their energy that if it's not let out via exercise it can come out in in a negative behavior so we they if a child comes home and a child is acting up and a child is not is is being very disrespectful or being very cranky one of the things you the listeners can have to do for their children is have them run around the block. Have them go exercise for at least 15 minutes, a vigorous exercise, run around the block a couple times. You will see right away, in most cases, you will see right away that the child is a different child. The child will come home in a much, much better frame of mind if we would just do that. Again, we exercise is so crucial in fact, there's two types of exercises, especially in the adult population. Need to incorporate both types of exercise, even in the younger population. That is cardio exercise. Cardio exercise. We want to get the heart beating. We want better circulation. As I mentioned, uh, what are the cardio exercises? Our brisk walking, brisk walking. Our treadmill, elliptical. Uh, bicycle, swimming. Swimming is a great exercise, but it might not do much for your bone density because it's not a weight-bearing exercise. For bone density, you need a weight-bearing exercise. But cardio is a very good exercise. Again, several times a week, ideally at least five times a week, we need to get out there and exercise. And then there's resistant training. Resistant training means like weights or push-ups, something that we are exercising our muscles and being able now to keep a good muscle tone, especially as we get older, it's so crucial. The reserves, most people as they get older, they, they lose reserves and that's why they don't do well. As they get older, the body starts changing composition. But again, going back to our children population, it's so crucial, a structured exercise program for proper brain function. They will, you will see your child in a very short time. Be'ez Hashem will be able to focus better. His behavior will be better. The, the recall will be better. The moods will be better. His stresses. Children, yes, children do have stress children, we, the, a lot of parents are not aware of their children, the internal stress, especially in the teenage model, in the teenage years, their teenagers are going through a lot of stress. So a proper diet, faulty diet will I- exacerbate, tremendously will exacerbate their stresses. Not exercising also can, not a good circulation to the brain. There are so many, there are hormones, there are things that are released in the brain when a person is exercising. It's so, so crucial for proper brain health. Again, we want to have a very well balanced immune system, a nervous system. Are so many of us, we live in such a stressed out generation today. We need to address the stress response. We've spoken about it in the past on our CD on stress. At the, in fact, at the end of the radio show, we had a two-part series. We have a parasympathetic, our peripheral nervous system. We have a uh, sympathetic and a parasympathetic. The parasympathetic is in a very calm mode. The sympathetic nervous system is when we're in a very stressed-out mode. It should be balanced. I mentioned the world-renowned investigator in science, actually he's a neuroscientist, Dr. Robert Sapolsky at Stanford Medical Center, who I hope to interview in the very near future. He wrote a a, a groundbreaking book on why zebras do not get ulcers. Yeah, why zebras don't get ulcers. Zebras don't get ulcers because they're running, when they're running for their life, from a lion, from a tiger that wants to eat them up. Right. It's very it can be short term. Once they get out of the danger zone and they get into the comfort zone, then they go back to a normal homeostasis. But that so it's very temporary. This sympathetic mode, this high sympathetic mode. Most people today that I see most people of the American population, they're living 24 seven in a sympathetic Mode and they're not going back into their parasympathetic, which means they're not having a balanced homeost- home- a homeostasis. So we need to address the stress response. In children, it's so crucial, especially as in teenagers. What they're going through today, teenagers, we know there's a big problem today in the communities, teenagers at risk. We need to address the stresses that they're going through. One thing besides if therapy is needed, what are they putting into their bodies? Eating properly, exercising, structured exercise program, proper sleep. How many people are in this country? sleep deprivation is massive? The more less sleep you get, the more you go into a sympathetic, and as far as back into the nervous system, into a sympathetic mode, you become more stressed, you become more agitated, easy, you become more anxious, You need to get proper sleep, quality and quantity. And it's not just popping melatonin in children, which is not a good idea we spoke about in the past. They need their missing minerals. Minerals will help them, their homeostasis, get back into a a parasympathetic, into a proper homeostasis. I would like now to invite questions. If anybody has a question, they're welcome to call 718-683-5858. Again, 718 If you would like to text in a question, 347-927-8398. To repeat, 347-927-8398. We'll be back just in a couple minutes. To Jay Root Radio, Healthy Living, this is group Gruber. I have a phone call. I would like to take. On the radio. Hello. Uh, yeah. Hi. How are you? Um,
2: so basically, I I uh, I'm a bit overweight, and uh, basically, I, I'm t- thinking about the start of this diet called Metafast, uh, which which apparently is, is similar to Atkins, but it's a lot lot less extreme. Uh, and they give you exactly what you're supposed to eat. And I just wanted to know uh, what your opinion was on this uh
0: How, mu- how much do you weigh? Mu- can you tell me how tall are you and how much you weigh?
2: I'm like 6'1", and I'm about 300 pounds.
0: Wow. Um, I hear. Do you, let me just ask you, before we get into the diet, do you have any risk factors in your family, I mean, any medical conditions in your family that, from, a, let's say, parents, grandparents? Not that I know of. No sugar problems, no cardiovascular problems, no heart? Not that I know Uh-huh. So you're six one and three hundred pounds. Right. Uh, can I ask what did you weigh, let's say, two years ago?
2: I you know, I I, I don't really know. I was um, I, I you know, I, I just eat a tremendous amount. And one of the things I like about this diet is the fact that it uh, it um, it gives you exactly what you're supposed to eat. I don't have to think about it.
0: Uh here. Okay. H- have you started the diet?
2: No. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually starting it on Sunday.
0: sorry okay so l- tell me uh, if you could tell me quickly what what are you going to be eating for breakfast lunch and supper on this diet
2: so they they actually they they actually send you the food um so so it's it's just like they have oatmeal um, you know they have so those they, they the one of the things I liked about it is that they is that you don't lose any muscle tone they you actually it's you actually lose um, uh, you know, like fat. Like they actually told, and they they, uh, they said it's similar to Atkins, but much less extreme. So, what's the like what's a, what's a,
0: have, what's the difference between this diet and Atkins diet?
2: Well, you have like hundred grams of carbs every day, as opposed to Atkins. Uh, One hundred
0: grams of carbs is only four hundred. That's four hundred calories. How many calories are you going to be eating a day?
2: I don't know. I it, it's really it, 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 it's six servings of food, and it's every three hours. Uh, and, they, and you have to eat something the first half an hour of, uh, when you, after you wake up. So it's like six meals a day, uh, basically.
0: Okay, so it's very important to know what type. If, it's, if you're talking about only 100 grams of, of, of carbs, so again, you're talking about 400 calories. So let's right. say let's say they're giving you I don't know if you're exercising which you should be exercising even no matter what diet you go on but right. let's say let's say you're going to get depends how active you are let's say you're going to be on let's say fifteen sixteen hundred calories a day I mean you're six one three hundred pounds you're going to need right. some calories you know what I mean you can't you can't just because if you're not going to get enough calories you're going to go into a hunger mode and your body's going to start start decreasing its metabolism is gonna make it harder for you to lose weight so you got to make sure you get enough calories based you know you have you have a 300 pound weight over here and and the body is going to pick up the body is very smart it's going to pick up how many calories you're bringing in so let's say you have these 400 calories from from these carbohydrates so let's say we're talking about 1600 calories right so we're talking about 1200 calories left right now it depends where these 1200 calories are coming from so it can only be coming from fat Or protein okay right now so let's say you're going to get 100 grams of let's say you're going to get 100 grams of protein right maybe you're going to get more but let's say so that's another 400 calories right so you have 100 grams of carbs 100 grams of protein that's 800 so there's another eight so you need let's say you're getting 1600 calories that's another 800 so that means you're getting from fat now the question is what kind of fat are you getting it from Atkins diet, I could tell you, if it if I knew the more specifics when I get back to my office, maybe I'll try. If you could email me, I'll try and give you you know, give you some feedback what I think on it. But the problem is with Atkins diet is it has weight loss in I think in two thousand five and two thousand seven in the Journal of American Medical Association, they looked at four diets. They looked at Weight Watchers, they looked at Atkins, they looked at Arnish, and they looked at the Zone Diet, these four diets. Atkins was winning the way, race, you know, weight and cholesterol, And but at the end of the year, there wasn't as, as significant difference between uh, then, let's say, the first six months. And you have to remember, an Atkins' diet is like, you know, totally different than Ornish's diet. Ornish is more carbs, less fat. And, and, and Atkins is much more fat and less carbs. Sometimes, you know, the induction du- induction phase of Atkins is going to be 20 grams of carbs, less than 100 grams. But the point is, it's you have to be careful with this type of diet. Again, it's you say it's not as an extreme. So I, there could be levels. What does that mean, not as an extreme? I could tell you that several years ago, a gentleman um, who happens to be a friend of mine, Uh, was on this so-called Atkins or a little bit similar to Atkins, very similar to Atkins, and he was losing weight. His HDL cholesterol was great. It was like 70 something, which is very, very good. His triglycerides were also very good, like 60, 70 or something, but his LDL was elevated. Now, saturated fat does cause increase in LDL cholesterol. So he was told by the people who, his mentors that were, I guess, monitoring on this uh, so-called K and Atkins diet, that as long as you have a great HDL and a low triglyceride, you don't have to worry about the fact that you have an elevated uh, LDL. So this make a story short, uh, I mean, thank God he's living today. He had a heart attack at 52 years old. He was rushed by Hatzalah on a on a Saturday night on a Motzei Shabbos, two mamonides, and he had stents. And he had angioplasty and stents. So you have to be very, very careful if you want to know, and you have to know what type of fat. As I spoke about earlier in the show regarding the different types of fat, you know if you know. I could tell you one word to describe the 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 American population is inflamed. And if you're profile at 300 pounds, the more weight that you have, the more pro-inflammatory uh, the, the markers or mediators that you have floating, circulating in your body. Fat cells produce inflammation. So if you're going to now, you don't want to, you know, add fuel to the fire. So point is, I don't, you know, for six months, nine months, a year could be, be very careful just make sure you're losing weight but don't stay on unless, unless I, I could try and see the diet and see you know if it makes sense for long term but you also you don't want to you don't want to be a um, like a seesaw up and down you want to be able to keep your weight go let's say 8 to 10 pounds a month is a good weight loss don't don't do anything you know extreme that's not a good idea to lose a lot of weight in, in one can I shot exercise? is what can I see another
2: question about exercising so, you know, I do exercise. And let, let's say I'm eating, I'm eating 1,600 calories a day or 1,800 calories a day, whatever it is, and I'm also burning 8, 900 calories from running or from swimming or whatever it is. Do I need really to eat more because I'm burning 800 calories or, uh, or that doesn't necessarily work that way because I'm so overweight?
0: Again, you're ex- you're burning 800 calories from, from exercise a day?
2: Yeah, let's let's see that. Let's see how
0: so m- that. So you must that- be—I I, don't—I don't know what exercise program you're on. You know, and i just got a cue that I need to end the show. It's t- the time is up. Um, you should email me. I'm going to give out my numbers and email because it's now one o'clock. We have to end the show. Again, my name is Eliezer Gruber. We're located at 4315 Fourteenth Avenue in Borough Park. Our local number is 718-853-0644. Our 800 number is 888-68-NUTRI. Our website is www.nutrisupreme.com. If you would like to email me, E. Gruber, uh, the gentleman just was on the phone with me, E Gruber at nutrisupreme.com. That's my email address. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful Shabbos.